uncomfortable about everything right now. It's just because of the apple. The oh apple's the apple's throwing you off, Brandon. Apple's upsetting I, me. I thought the apple was really good. It was really sweet. It was a I, nice, tasty apple, although I, Brandon probably doesn't I think so. I can appreciate apples for what they are, but I don't like apples. Do you think that applies to the rest of the apple products? No, because eating an apple and using an iPhone are completely two different things. Really? Because both get stu- something stuck in my teeth. Why is someone beating you in the mouth with an iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A bad taste in my mouth. Let's I go do with have that. a first generation iPhone in my drawer over there. Really? Yeah. We should do a video podcast just so you could do a little uh, walkthrough on it. <laughs> I remember like how fucking big that was. Like just blew up the world. That was insane. Yeah. That and like the iPod touch was so big. It was mainly like from my perspective, it was for like all the games on it, like pocket God mm. on your iPod touch. And you were like the king in school. I, I think I remember like the time before that, when you had the lighter and the gun on your iPod touch yeah, and you yeah, yeah. Had all those little shitty apps that did nothing. <laughs> yeah. You would just like point it at someone. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I some Peter still does that to me in the apartment or the house of yeah that was those were like the best apps that was peak app yeah. uh creation I remember when people just played doodle jump like all day in school it's like the best you could get it's funny seeing it in our like those games at arcades now like flappy yeah. bird or doodle jump well, Angry Flappy Birds. Bird, the creator was like, "I can't do this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle this." <laughs> the fame went went too was too much for him, or I think he just didn't like the way that it was affecting people. Right. I don't know his motivations, but I remember like his tweet was like, "Flappy Bird's going off of the the Apple Store tomorrow." Why? Why though? Why not I, just sell it? Why not just get rid of it dump it i don't it, know it's a it weird something. thing because immediately the moment it was taken off the apple store there were like a hundred clones within the day yeah so it's just it's a weird i don't know it's a weird thing yeah just sell it to some fucking game company somewhere and make cool make some money yeah just, I, and then shit's on the microtransactions and then, and and call then it go lay on a beach and say <laughs> i think he just felt like the game was weirdly addictive and didn't appreciate what he had done i don't know <laughs> it's weird wow how do the creators of tiktok feel oh I'm, they're uh I mean, spying I think on china us all. is doing great <laughs> <laughs> they're getting information that they never thought they would get they're getting eye tracking <laughs> data from americans every day it's crazy. Yeah. How much could they possibly learn about us that they don't know about us? I, that's a good point. That's a good point. We put everything online anyways. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Everything. Just crazy like this people. podcast, which is Dinner with a Movie, and I'm one of your hosts, Blake, and I'm joined by... Brandon. And we're joined by... Jose. And this week, we're talking about Steve Jobs, um, the movie and the man, the myth, the legend. Um, and if the Chinese government wanted to find out anything about us... They could just listen to this podcast and they would get all the info they need. They could just ask Steve Jobs. They could just ask Steve Jobs. Could they? Probably. How would they do that? They have the technology. <laughs> so, yeah. To he has his, go uh, to the spirit realm. <laughs> he has his consciousness uploaded to, uh, a, a server to an iPhone. In China. <laughs> a server in China. Has, uh, are there any like theories about that? Like there are for Walt Disney's like head or something? Like, I don't Steve know. Steve Jobs is in like um, an iMac somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. But he's unable to say hello. 
<laughs> man, they can't bring him up. He hasn't said a word since. <laughs> there was a race condition stopping him from doing that. <laughs> so we still we did Steve Jobs this week, and we ate apples, obviously, because Steve Jobs uh, uh, f- co-founded Apple. That's awesome. Well, there there was also apples referred to in the movie. Uh, sure. Yeah, the poisoned apples. Yeah. And a bushel of apples in the beginning. Where Where's the bushel? He was going to send a bushel of apples to somebody. Um, It was all over the Time Magazine thing. There's a lot of fucking yeah. names in this movie. Yeah, it's yeah. an Aaron Sorkin written movie, so it's 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 going at 100 times speed. Right. Um, Is it really written by Aaron Sorkin? Yeah. Oh, God, that's why. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could, I, I could tell like right away. I was like, I know I, it's I got, Sorkin. I got yeah. the vibe. I got the vibe, and I didn't stick around to find out who fucking wrote it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't stick around the rest of the movie to. I'm like, out. okay, this entire movie's a fucking walk and talk. <laughs> um, the um, the Did guy just click for you, Brandon. <laughs> he's uh, Steve Jobs is written just like Josh Lyman from uh from West Wing, uh, uh-huh. who's uh the dad from Get Out. He sounds like him. He talks just like him. Uh, which is how I was like, this must be Aaron Sorkin. This is West Wing. That's Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Uh, but we <laughs> ate uh, a bunch of different Mediterranean salads because uh, Steve Jobs' biological father runs the Mediterranean restaurant that he takes Scully to. Uh, and he doesn't know he's his father. Yeah. I don't think he ever knew, did he? Until after his death? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Jose, you chose this movie. I did choose this movie. What's the deal with that? Um, I've only seen this once before and it was when it was in theaters when we saw it in college and I just, I just really liked it. Uh, I don't love it, but there are some scenes in this movie where I just really like the, how the, how the actors are, are bouncing off of each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of scenes in this movie where, where I just, it moves quick and it's snappy and I really like the dialogue and yeah, it's, it's slow and it's just a walk and talk for two hours, but there's parts of it that I really like. And I think for that alone, you know, it's something I want to talk about and, and I wanted a reason to watch it again. Yeah. It's a really interesting like structure for a movie. Cause yeah. it's, if you like pitch it to someone and I think, I think it is like it's kind of a dull pitch like it's just him like following his lack of raising his daughter but it's like before three major um announcements or reveals of his stuff it's just like it sounds like it's not a plot it's just like so separate it kind of sounds like they were like hey Aaron Sorkin's gonna write it it's gonna be cool We'll, (laughs) we'll, we'll sign off on it sounds good to us yeah, I watched it with you. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. it was you, me, Jacob. Probably we yeah. were the three. Uh, we were the three most um, uh, well-sourced we were movie the, watchers. Yeah, of Reno. connoisseurs of movies. Everyone came to us at UNR. Right. Everyone, they would come to our doorstep and they knock and say, "What movie should we see?" And I said, "Not The Revenant." Don't <laughs> see The Revenant. <laughs> um, I still haven't seen The Revenant. <laughs> Don't. I'll throw it in the jar. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. I would actually like to talk about it. I'd like it's to it, see it again. Wait a minute, my opinions yeah. have changed. Didn't you throw it in the jar? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. No, no I don't think the revenant's in there. No. We haven't had any spiteful movies in the jar yet. Of like ones that we know everyone would hate? Yeah. 
Like, like just out of spite. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I didn't like, put Crank like, 2 out uh, of spite for anyone. Uh, what What about your... Uh, no, you put Crank 2 in because you felt it was funny. It's an amazing funny. movie. It's the it's yeah. best movie ever made. What? How do you feel about uh, First Impressions Steve Jobs? Uh, I didn't watch it until um, this week and I watched it twice and yeah. <laughs> I um I should have known it was Aaron Sorkin that wrote this. Are you normally um, not a fan of his writing? No, I am. Mm-hmm. I am. He, he write he he writes smart dialogue. It's it's very smart. Mm-hmm. Um and he has he has a style that that comes through, a style on the page that comes through on the screen. Um I think the acting in it is very good. Um, what's his name? God, what's the, what's the actor's name from Call Me by Your Name, The Dead, and Call Me by Your Name? The one who plays um, Michael Stuhlberg, Andy. Yeah, I lo- I really like him. He's amazing. He is amazing. He's yeah. an amazing actor. We watched a series fan with him as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's so amazing good in actor. this too. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like every time he's on screen. It wasn't until watching it this time for the podcast, I was like, "Wow, he's really good too." Like mm-hmm. every performance is, yeah. I think, really good. Yeah. The only performance that bothered me um, was I I liked Kate Winslet, but her accent yes. changes. <laughs> <laughs> like the first part, she's talking one way. She even calls attention with Lisa saying, you, you told me you liked the way I talked. And then the next, I guess the rollout of the next, um, she's talking in some kind of, she's Russian. She's supposed to be some kind of European, <laughs> But she sounds a little Mexican or a little Spanish. So I was reading the trivia and it sounds like they tried to excuse the inconsistencies with their own after the fact reasons. Of Um, course. But like what were the reasons? So the reasons is that like the, the real life person is Polish, Armenian, Grew up partially in Russia, I think, okay. and then came to the United States. But but she didn't have to do an accent. Absolutely right. not. And so so then she <laughs> says that after she like Kate Winslet says I couldn't get her accent right because yeah. she doesn't have a consistent accent. Don't do an accent then. Then don't do an accent. <laughs> Just use your normal voice because it was so you distracting. It it's it's like it's like. I didn't even notice she was doing one until the next. Uh, yeah, until yeah, the next because act. she's not. And yeah. do you know why I think that is? I think that's because of how it's filmed. Mm. Because they filmed it in four week uh, periods. Each one. Each one was four weeks. Yeah, so each one was four weeks, two weeks of rehearsal, then two weeks of filming, and then they filmed them in order of how we see them. And so that's why I think, like in the next, and then in the. IMAC, she has a stronger accent because they just had a break in between filming. And so she just didn't remember what accent she did <laughs> for the first filming session. In between yeah, the first she and second. She could request dailies. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's really weird because when, yeah, when fe- she first says, when she first says to Lisa, like, oh, you said you like the way I talk, I was just like, 
Oh, like it's, she just—it's the way she like presents herself. Mm-hmm. I didn't think accent. I was just like, it's the way she's like. Yeah, and then she it goes, structures her sentences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then it goes to the next part, which is next, the next rollout, and she's just like, I'm like, what is in your mouth? What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, and then I, I finally, uh, this person's supposed to have an accent, but you fucked it up whenever you recorded your previous stuff because you didn't have an accent there. And even like even Seth Rogen is is pretty good in this, I think. I think he's I think he's great. I think that's what I remember about this movie the most the first time we watched it. I think it was the first movie I probably watched with Seth Rogen in a serious role. And I remember just thinking like he was really good and um and so I, I definitely took Seth Rogen a lot more seriously as an actor after this movie when we saw it originally. Yeah, you could, you could. His voice is still Seth Rogen, but yeah. <laughs> but I, I I was really into every line of dialogue he had. I was it was mainly because I just wanted to fucking shake uh, Steve Jobs the entire movie. So whenever Wozniak was somewhat combative towards him, I was just on his side. Right. Uh, so I think that's why I liked him a lot. And this is just I was rooting for him too. Um, but you got a log line for us, right? Yeah. An alienating idea man orchestrates his comeback <laughs> after he is fired from his own company. Alienating idea man. I like it. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's a ex- good title for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, there's so much more to it, which... I focused on that because that's where I feel the movie focused on, but I really felt it should focus on, it should have focused more on family and shown the family instead of just talking about it. It seemed like it was like more of the B plot kind of. Yeah. The it's way that totally, it's it. totally, well, it, yeah. Like it is the B plot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joanna's, Joanna's the, Joanna's the B story, which is speaking the honest truth, giving him what he needs in order to get what he wants. So, um, and that's, that's family. That's realizing that, that your family is all around you. It's the people that support you, no matter if they're related to you or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish they would have focused more on that. It would have been so much more better. Yeah. I think I would agree. You got some fun facts for us. Uh, Yeah. After I clear my throat, uh, Steve Jobs came out in 2015 and has a runtime of two hours and two minutes. It was directed by Danny Boyle, who also directed. Uh, let's see. Um, 127 hours, Slumdog Millionaire, 28 Days Later, Train Spotting, one and two. All right. Yeah, I couldn't remember which one of his that we watched. Yeah, we had seen one, and then it was written by Aaron Sorkin, as we've mentioned. The also, Sorkin. The Sorkin, who also wrote on The West Wing, A Few Good Men, uh, more recently, Trial of the Chicago 7, um, Social Network. Does he do anything recently? I think Trial of the Chicago Seven was the most. Oh, being the Ricardos was twenty twenty one. Ricardos, that was the I Love Lucy thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Brandon is going to kill the bird. Kill the bird. 
<laughs> oh, he also did Moneyball. Oh, he wrote Moneyball? Yeah, he wrote Moneyball. Has he only directed, like, Molly's Game? Was that what it was? So he directed Being the Ricardos, The Trial of the Chicago 7, and Molly's Game. Okay. Yeah, I didn't direct those. I should read... Well, I heard Being the Ricardos wasn't exactly great. Is that the... The I Love Lucy one? Yeah, the Lucille Ball one. With which, which, which one though? There were there were a couple. Oh, there was the a show time. at the same time. I think this was um, the um, one with Bar- Bardem, um, Javier Bardem. Okay. Speaking of which, Tiff showed me the first ten minutes of Lyle Lyle Crocodile. What? <laughs> oh, uh, you don't need to watch any more of that. <laughs> I watched the entire thing. <laughs> what do you think of it? <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like Sean Mendez is a singing guy, like Crocodile. I was said alligator. Crocodile's in the name. Um, for what it is, a family film, it's 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 okay, but it's not any more than that. Okay, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely an Aaron Sorkin screenplay. Yeah, definitely one hundred percent. No, no yeah. doubt at all. And I just I I love his writing. It there's something like a lot of the older films that you put on Brandon. Like uh, I'm thinking of uh, older films. Yeah, you put the old. Keep pointing at me and saying old. That's the old keep, man keep chooses well, the old movies. To us, when I'm we gonna, put I'm in an old movie, we put in a movie from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's uh, anti mame? Anti mame. Yeah. 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 Um, like movies like that, I feel like. I, I get a lot of the same type of like sharpness and quickness to the writing because I remember mm-hmm. that being like really fast and really smart and funny. And I kind of get the same feeling. They're very different styles, but I get a lot of the same feelings where it's like, this is smart and it's going so fast. I need to like put on subtitles to keep up sometimes where I, I think that's why I like really appreciate his writing styles because I, I, I miss that type of writing where it's just, it's just constantly smart and it may be, uh, Maybe at times thinks it's too smart, but um, you have to like be engaged for the whole two hours to to know what the hell is going on. Yeah, which is isn't that common anymore, and I do appreciate it when when movies do it. Yeah, and 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 it's just kind of it's fun to see so many people interacting with each other, where they all seem to have like a one line. It's not even one liners, but they all seem to have like philosophy behind every <laughs> every line that they have and it's always like interesting and, and and it's 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 really fun to try to keep up with that and i it's kind of like this fantasy that people are a lot smarter than they really are you know it's like no one would ever like speak in that length of that amount of speed and intelligence well maybe some would but most people wouldn't it's like when you watch the west wing and all the politicians are really smart and fast and it's like <laughs> no way it's not it's not reality you know it's not reality yeah <laughs> but it's because, fun to imagine because that. only you know probably one to two percent of them are smart and yeah. fast <laughs> yeah everyone else is uh very not bright um, very not bright oh so my my guy aldwin kuchler the cinematographer i don't recognize a lot of the movies he's done but he's also done a movie called Sunshine, um, Divergent, and R.I.P.D. And I'll leave it with at that. Jeff Bridges, with Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Diver- yeah. Divergent. That's a. It's like that young adult novel. Yeah. Yeah. Turn movie. Yeah. 
I remember seeing that on Prime or something. I think he only like, did not the first watching one. it, but seeing that. Are you coming out as a Divergent fan? No, no, I didn't watch it. I just remember seeing oh, the okay. the tab for it. Yeah, I I don't think it's good in any way. I remember yeah. the trailers for R.I.P.D. Yeah. Everybody, like, they're saying this is going to be the next Men in Black. Next Men in Black. Yeah. Nobody watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, did they make a sequel? Or I don't think talk so. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, our boy Aldwin did that, and that's all I got. I can move on to uh, my uh, character corner. Yeah. A lot of names in this one. Uh, we got Steve Jobs, who was our uh, you know main guy. Steve Wozniak. No, not. Nope, not Steve Wozniak. <laughs> Why can't I think of his first name? Wozniak. It's also Steve. Is it Steve Wozniak? Yeah. <laughs> oh, for some reason, that was wrong. Yeah, um, I think you would have well, sat you here can for- call him. You can call him Waz. Just call him Waz because yeah. that's yeah. what everybody But knows. I think we would have sat here hours waiting for you to guess Steve. Yeah, Steve again. Yeah. <laughs> Circle back around. Um, his daughter's Lisa. Um, his, like, what is she? The publicist? She's like the head of the marketing? She's a marketing executive. Um. I want to say like Johan or something like that. Joanne. Close. Really close. <laughs> what did you say just now? Joanne. Closer. Hmm. Mix the two. Johan. 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 Joan. God damn. I ain't got it. Add an A at the end. Joanna. Yes. Okay. I don't know why I said Joanna. Johan. Joanna. Joanna. Um. His ex-wife. She wasn't a wife. Was she a wife? Oh, ex-partner-ish or something. Fling. Person she has a, thing. Yeah, she has a different last name. Ex-employee. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her name. I can't think of her name. Miss. She has she has a Miss strange Jobs. name. Miss Jobs. Um. No. <laughs> Not the same last name. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a of a hint. Uh, take Rob Lowe's character in Parks and Rec and <laughs> the character he's dating and combine the names. I, for some reason... Oh, wait, wait. Wait. Dude, I can't think of Rob Lowe's name in Parks and Rec. Whoa. I know Rashida Jones is his Anne. Right. What is his name? Um, Chris. Ah, there you go. Cran. No. Just put them together. Chris Ann. Yeah. There you go. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I know um, Michael Stolbarg. That's his name, right? Um, Andy. Andy, yeah. and then there's something with a Z. Olzy. Uh, a rental car company. Hertz. <laughs> yeah. Hertz. Hertzlorf? A, a Jewish rental car company. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Hertzberg? Hertzlberg? Keep, keep keep going. Go go to the F's. Hertz 
What? Hurts death. Hurts die. Hurts. Hurts Hurts Um. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Andy. And then uh, who else we got? Who else we got? Um. The the was he the first the CEO? Like the de- the father figure? Yeah. I said his name earlier. You did say it. Scully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know his first name. John. John Scully. Yeah. Uh, who else we got? That's that's the main players. Who's the lady from Severance? Or not Severance. Uh, uh, the other Andy? The other Andy. The other Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I think Drea. the only other one you would, might need to know is the journalist that's there and all. I want to say like Rick or something. Think another apocalypse name. Joel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah if you need to know his name, you should know the name of the person that, that actually made the OS for Apple. The guy that made that was make, working on the next OS? Yeah. That, the that, guy that, with that the, the, shark the shark pictures. Yeah, the shark pictures. Is that pictures. not Rick? No, I don't think you'll get this one. That's our boy yeah. Rick. That's our boy it's Rick. It's a V name, right? Uh, A name. It's an A uh, name? Andy. Avi. Avi. Avi, yeah. Avi, Avi, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if that's it, then yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. 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 Steve Good Jobs. Job. Good jobs. Thank you. They Thank just you throw jobs. you in in this movie. There's a lot. I, I, even though I, I have a tough time like, uh, reciting the names. I didn't. I actually didn't have a problem with, like understanding like who was who in this one for some yeah. reason. It's because it's because it's, it it seems like a lot of people going a lot of different <laughs> ways, but it. There is a core group of people that yeah. that repeat. I feel like yeah. once you kind of get a handle on the first uh, on the Mac release, at least for me, I was able to you follow they pretty are. well. Yeah, yeah. Is that the shortest one? I f- it feels like it. The first release, I think. Because so. the second one had that really long like takeover sequence where Steve was uh, uh, voted out. Well, that was in between, right? In between next and him. No, that back. was like that was um, jumping back and forth between his conversation with Scully at that event. Oh, and going the, back to Scully and voted out, voting him out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That scene was really, really dragged for me. I think the music was a little cheesy. It was like this weird. Like, I didn't like the music in this at all. See, I liked a lot of the bits, but like that specific part, I wasn't a fan. See, of. I really like that scene. Really, I I like that scene. It feels like the buildup in the movie is a early, in a way, but I think that's one of the scenes I really remember from from the first time I watched it. That like you think that's like the climax. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I like it because, um. It's kind of showing how the game is played and like Steve really doesn't know at that time how the game is actually played. He knows how to play his own game, but he doesn't know how to play the real corporate game. And so he learns in that, oh, this is how this is how I can play the game and this is how I'm going to manipulate that game in order to get back in and get what I want. And I, I thought it was very smart. I thought I thought um, that scene was very smart, especially Scully coming later and saying, "I I showed you all my cards. I told you exactly what I was going to have to do, and you went ahead and did it anyways." 
he's like he's like even teaching him at that moment he's he's being a father and teaching him at that moment you you fucked up you fucked up and you have to own it because you did it i didn't fire you you made me do that he's like i warned you i told you exactly i showed you all my cards that's what he says i showed you all my cards and you had yours he even offered him a nice like position for the next computer he would just he's be like, taken yeah, off the he's Mac. Like, well, team. Yeah, he's like, we'll ship you off to to Maui, work on the next one, and and you're fine, you're set. Yeah, and he's just so stubborn. He's so his. I I had a tough time like understanding his vision for humanity of like making them the most productive, um, in terms of like. Like, cause he had that whole like speech to to Scully where he wanted to be like the most productive. And then when you see things like that, where it's like, he's so stuck in what he has for his vision, where it's like this, this thing that is, I don't see how his like end to end control is like part of that vision. I just don't understand like how. Well, that's what, that's what this is. That's yeah. what a Mac is. You don't, um, you don't have Macs like that. You can't build your own Mac. I mean, I understand. Well, you can kind of now because you can you can yeah. upload the OS to stuff. But um, back then, you couldn't. I mean, they had PCs. You could piece together parts and upgrade and do all kinds of stuff. Right. Mac was closed. I understand what like what he means ordered, by end and to it, end they're still very much like that. I just don't understand how that, how that restrictive control is towards his goal of like. His ideal goal of so what increasing what, productivity of huma- humans. What made it work for me is that maybe he doesn't necessarily think that's true. For me, it's really the analogy to the computer being a painting. That it's a work of art and that he doesn't want anybody else to touch it. He's the artist. He's the mastermind. And whatever product he puts out, you know, he says it. They either buy it or they don't. And... I don't, I don't think he necessarily means the productivity thing. I think he's really fixated on the people need to enjoy this for what it is and appreciate it without wanting to change it. Is it that scene at the dinner where they sh- where he it kind of flashes back to him seeing Lisa's drawing where he's talking about how he wants like he wants the Mac to be the thing that is like the bicycle, but for the brain is what he says. Is that the scene where it jumps back to Lisa? Because it's like she says it's like an abstract painting, and I feel like that's connecting that idea to that moment where it's like he's allowing that in Lisa. Um, I don't remember because I remember that flashing back when he's revealing to Scully that that's his dad, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that same I think sequence. it is the same scene. I can't remember if there's a flashback to Lisa's drawing there. Mm. I only remember her drawing at the end. I know there was one like somewhere in the middle, but yeah, I can't. There, remember. there is another one. You're yeah. right. I just uh, can't remember where. Because I, I think remember. it's interesting that that is uh, on top of the art thing, which I think is interesting. Like he he talks about him being like the orchestrator of it all and everything. Where uh, mm-hmm. I like that analogy. I really like that analogy because that that is him. Yeah, it's it's very. I think it's very true to what he believes he is, and and what well, it's he an is. An, it's an answer to what Waz is telling him. At, I kind in, of in that argument. I kind of go more towards what Waz says in that, where he's like, "That sounds like something that sounds really nice, but doesn't mean anything." <laughs> yeah, but Waz is telling him, "You don't, you, 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 you're not 
you're not an engineer. You're not, you're, you're, you mm. can't write code. You can't make a circuit board. You can't do any of these. And, and he says, well, I'm, I'm the conductor. You sit right there. You were the best at what you do, your first chair, but I'm conducting it all. And I think that's, that's a proper analogy for him that maybe he couldn't do those things, but he had the proper people in the proper places to do those things so he could conduct because you don't know who the first chair of the Boston Symphony Orchestra is, but you know who's conducting. Right. Um, so that, that to me, it's an analogy that really works and that, that's very powerful. It's one of the few times in the movie where he's being condescending but his analogy actually means something mm-hmm. and it works because it's not just Waz who calls him out for saying something that makes no sense to the situation. Uh, Chris Ann does it. Oh, what's her name? Joe, Joe, Joanna does, does that. Joanna well, yeah. does it a lot. She does it a she's, lot. She's, she's so the it one who stands up to times where they're like, what you're saying means nothing. It's just words that it's, sound nice. Joanna says it, it when he says like, first class and coach land at the same time and she's like that <laughs> yeah, makes no, no fucking sense. sense. <laughs> it makes, yeah, it makes no sense to to what they were talking about <laughs> at all. Um and and I think that analogy is is backwards thinking for him because here he's making first class and wants people to buy first class but everyone's buying coach. And now he's saying first class and coach arrive at the same time, which totally nullifies what he's trying to to say, what he's trying to prove. Yeah. He's yeah. saying like buying the premium product, like is worth it. It's, it's a it, reason buying the to premium it. price. You're going to get the same thing as you're going to get to the same destination as you would buying, buying right. a PC. Yeah. It's not a good sell. It's not a good sell. <laughs> yeah. He's not selling himself very well. He's doing the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to um, that like takeover scene because maybe I didn't really like pay attention enough to it, but I just want to hear more about like why you guys liked it so much. I think what I like about the whole just next um, act, I guess, of the movie is that it shows him as having learned something from the consequences Mm -hmm. of the first act. I think a lot of that one is like, you can tell that he's thinking about how to get back in and the whole, he has the plan to, you know, sell the OS to to Apple. And I think while like, it's the climax of the movie and not just showing him how he messed, showing us how he messed up, but showing us his motivation to having now be who he is in that act and having figured it out what his next step is and but it also just shows just how egotistical and controlling he he is and i also i just this is one of the few movies where i don't like the main character and i like the movie yeah we we talked about it a lot last week i think i think i think for for me this proves what i was saying last week is that you don't necessarily have to like the character but you have to find something or see something see them present something that makes them likable in some way and with him it's it's his relationship with joanna it's his relationship eventually with with lisa um, in the end, which isn't earned in this movie, but his relationship with Joanna, I think um, she brings him down 
and gets him to actually realize and see what he's doing a lot of the time um, and be a human. Um, and I think that's, that's what Scully is trying to do whenever he goes to the house and he's trying to tell him, look, the, this is, this is what's happening. This is what's going to happen because the Mac has failed. You didn't sell the million. You sold only 35,000 in your first 90 days. And that's not, that's not a way for the company to move forward. We're losing money and the board wants you out. I'm trying to save you by offering you this. And if you're not going to take it, they're going to vote you out. And so he goes and Steve's the one who calls the meeting of the board. And, and so they all gather and he gets exactly what, what Scully tells him is going to happen. And in that he's learning a lesson. He's learning how, how the corporate politics actually work and that, you know, he, he uses it to his advantage and, and he manipulates the situation, which is the whole next launch. He's manipulating the situation in order to get back in to get what he wants. Mm. Yeah, really, really smart. And that's, that's why I like that scene because it's a pivotal, it's a pivotal scene to where he's actually taking something and he's actually learning from it. Whereas everything else, he's not learning from the Apple II stuff and, and from Waz. He's not learning from Andy. He's not learning very much from, from Joanna about how to manage his family and his daughter. He did learn that. So it's, a, it's, it's kind of a way I feel bad for him, but he got exactly what he deserved. And he was told what he was going to get. So he, he shouldn't have been surprised by it. Yeah. And I think regarding how a lot in most of the movie, Joanna is kind of there to be the voice of reason. It's one of the few scenes where she's not there mm. and, and he screws himself over. And I think it, it really shows how important she is to his success that the scene where he's at his lowest is the one where she's not present. And it's interesting that he hatches this whole plan without telling her like yeah. the whole next plan as well, where he's able to take that loss on his own and, come up with a plan without her as well. That works really well. But I think that has everything to do with his character. Mm -hmm. It has everything to do with surprising her that he could do this kind of impressing her. Like, like she's the mom and Scully is the dad, um, his mom and his dad kind of in this, in this movie where she's, she's constantly telling him how to be a person and Scully's telling him how to be a business person. And and I kind of like that dynamic there. Yeah. And Scully says at the end of that, like, he says something like, Are you gonna fuck me or something like that? Right? Like, yeah, and he's like, No, over? I'm gonna I'm gonna be center line or something and watch it happen or watch you fuck yourself or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Which is what ends up happening. Yeah. Like you know, it's he, he knew exactly. I think what the movie does really well is that, d despite showing Steve as this complete, just controlling and demeaning individual, he knows 
big ideas. And he knew that Apple was going to fail because they weren't producing any new ideas. Mm -hmm. And then Scully himself says it in his quote to Forbes that the reason that Apple was successful again after he's left was because he came, Steve came back in with his big ideas. Well, they did have the Newton. Right. <laughs> they did have the Newton. It was a good Simpsons clip. <laughs> there, <laughs> it yeah. was a good yeah. Simpsons clip. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, that just proved that Scully could fail too, because I mean, yeah, I had a Mac. Like the original Mac? Yeah. Yeah. Did you use um, the drawing My, my uncle gave my grandparents a Mac or, or an Apple too. And um, yeah. And that, there wasn't much you could do with it. There, there wasn't really much unless you, you knew to how like to, unless engineer. you knew how to write code and copy it and create something, you, you were kind of, it, 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 it wasn't like computers are now yeah. where you could, yeah. Like a graphical interface and everything. Yeah, and that's nothing, so easy to nothing use. like that. You were, you were moving around on the, the page with a cursor and stuff so the mac was pretty innovative yeah um the the is it the imac the one that's at the end the third the, one yeah, yeah the the one that looks like the, the transparent Judy jetson's baked uh easy bake uh, easy oven, bake oven. Yeah. <laughs> uh we yeah. i still had those in middle school in sixth grade yeah. they still had them in like the computer they lab gave a lot of those to school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, he says that they they donate so many <laughs> computers to 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 schools yeah. and everything, yeah. Yeah. There weren't computers when I went to school. There were computers, but the school didn't have computers. Everything was done by hand and and, and now the TikTok yeah. generation is just doing their dances. It's 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 a lot easier now. I think if if I were a student in school now, I think I would um I would be able to follow my education a lot more clearly than I did whenever I was in school. Yeah. And you would be able to just use chat GPT on everything. And Yeah. 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 Did you see the kid who programmed a computer to like do handwriting, but take the essay from chat GPT the, oh. and design like a handwriting program so it looked like it was handwritten, but the computer still was the one typing, writing That's it out. That's crazy. Yeah. I did not see that. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, if that person made that, they they could probably just like get- they put it more work into that yeah. than, the, than <laughs> any of the essays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's some, that's, 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 you know, the ingenuity behind that is what, what matters in, um, I think by the time kids get to high school, they should know how to construct complete sentences and and paragraphs, how to make essays already, and they just don't. Yeah. So completely thinking that they should and expecting them to know stuff and they really don't know stuff puts them in a position to where they have to do something to get by and using something like ChatGPT is a way that they're going to get by. But does using something like chat, chat, I was about to stutter my way through that. Like chat GPT allow us to increase that 
um, capacity of our mind, just as Steve Jobs says. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't put our no, brain on the bicycle. No, because you're making yourself. Put our mind you're on making the yourself a servant to something else, and you don't know whether it it's cranking out falsehoods or not. Right. Yeah. So if you're unable to know whether it's cranking out falsehoods or not, and then you're selling it as your own uh, words, then you're going to be held accountable for what's on that paper. And if it's incorrect, then you lose all credibility. I think the tough thing is learning how to use those tools to make it as a, um, a brain bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. A mind, a mind. You, you put in bicycle. the information, you put in the information into chat GPT. It generates you a, an essay. Um, this is what I would have the students do to use it. Now the student has to go through it and underline all of the inconsistencies and inaccuracies in it. So it would say chat GPT. And now can you go back they to have, your essay and, and underline now, all the inconsistencies? And now they have to, now the students have to rewrite the essay using their own, using part GPT chat GPT and their own words and create something um, that uses chat GPT, but also uses their own brain. So it's being used as a tool rather than a cheating device. That would still be tough to, to enforce. You would still have to know. No, you can do it in steps in class to where they have to actually hand write. Like, like, the thing is, is you don't give them the homework to do outside of class. You make them handwrite and turn it in in class. So you know it's their own work. Yeah. Yeah. With with the chat GPT thing that they've corrected. So now you take it to a, a whole a whole other level. It's using it as a tool rather than using it as a way to cheat. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a tool, so you, not a crutch. Right. You, you Exactly that. Exactly that. Well, let's jump back over to Steve. So, and I think that's where Steve was going. I think that's where Steve was was getting to is that this is a tool for people to to be able to use it to to draw shit on yeah. or to and it and it is. It's still used now for graphic design for yeah, yeah. for the, I mean yeah. all 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 the Macs are just um ingrained in uh, they've they've a lot of art uh businesses with use it business like, yeah a lot of editing studios use macs and everything yeah exactly um, with, with, their processors are just so powerful <laughs> that yeah it makes sense yeah and i think like if you're comparing the apple II to the mac and you're saying how it was so difficult to actually like even with you didn't know programming and stuff yeah that you, you would either have to have someone program something into it for yeah. you to run your business or you would have to know how to do it and then you know it's not yeah. like what we have now but um then you see lisa just able to without any guidance she knows exactly how to open up the drawing and she draws herself i think that's like why he because it seems like he doesn't have any value in her until she does that and then he's like oh my god you just you just drew on my on my you justified my creation yeah yeah exactly now i'm gonna send you money like that was the moment where he decided he was gonna send her money but but he does have a fatherly his his the times where he slows down and he actually talks to her 
So, so that came from him saying, come here, come here. Let me, let me show you this. Let me show you this computer. But it was to it make was a, to, it was to make, make a point. A point. Yeah. It was to make a point. But he's also teaching her how to use a computer and making the point that a five-year-old can fucking do this. I'm making my point because you're not listening to me. I'm going to use Lisa as a way to prove my point. And he kind of proved his point just because she scribbled on on a keyboard. Yeah. Called it abstract. Called and, it abstract. Called it, and called it an abstract. She's a smart kid. She sold as a smart kid from the very start. But but yeah, it kind of proved it kind of proved his point. But he is being very fatherly in that. I mean, he didn't condescend to her. He didn't in that instance. Even when he's he's denying through the entire time in front of her that she's not his daughter. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> is and that the Lisa crazy. wasn't named after her. Yeah. 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 Because uh, he's he's very uh it, it and that just goes back to his whole obsession with his adoption and and that side of things. Because mm-hmm. I read I read the book that this is the 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 writer of the book, Isaacson, I think his name is, uh the Steve Jobs book, is mm-hmm. what is I think he's credited as a writer on this as well. I think so. Um, yeah, I read that book and there was a large portion of it about his obsession with his adoption parent, his adoptive parents and just him being adopted. And I think that's so interesting because me being adopted myself, a little different. Um, but like, I just, I don't, I see exactly what, what Scully says where he's like, I don't understand why adopted people feel like they were given up when they were chosen and and mm-hmm. i feel i've always felt that where like i was chosen I well was, i think yeah. that plays into the fact that he was given up a month after right. he was adopted the first time yeah um but but it is similar in in my mind i always think okay well you're steve this entire movie is 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 thinking about not having control, control. over his abduct 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 adoption because it's the one thing in his life he could not control ever but like no one can control who yeah. they're born no, into. no one and no one can that's no one can. point in the yeah exactly the end. um but he wouldn't have been steve jobs he wouldn't have been the person that he ends up being had he been with the lawyers or with his own biological parents, Mm -hmm. he could have just as easily been bussing tables in the Mediterranean restaurant, or he could have easily have been pushed into being a lawyer Yeah, and not being an innovator, not being who he actually was. So instead of looking at his life and being grateful for what he, he got the life he had, he was being, he was obsessing with something that he couldn't control. And he, and he seems like he's just passing on that same type of problem to Lisa where he just, he doesn't, where he's, he's, if he's equating his loss of control, she's equating that loss of control too, where like she couldn't control if she could live with him when she specifically asked him to live with, to live with him and things like that, where she's trying to control, like, this is my dad. This is what everyone in the DNA test says are my dad. And you named this after me and he's denying her that control. If that's how he's looking at it. I still think that's a weird way to look at it. Um, Like a really odd, like, I don't know. Like there's no control in that. I, I feel like that's a really weird hill to die on for him. Cause he's obsessed with his adoption, like throughout his entire yeah. life. And I just, I it, obviously the circumstances are different, but I just, I don't understand that obsession in any way. Um, 
it's just yeah i don't know it's weird because my mom's always said like oh maybe well this one problem like stems from your adoption and stuff i'm like no i don't get it i don't i don't understand that that's not a problem did he say how old he was when he was adopted was it like right from birth or was it- um he, they said his well he was adopted and a month later he was given back as as a as a baby as, as a, a baby newborn. see that's where it's to the weird lawyers. to me that's where it's very weird to me yeah. if you are adopted and given up as a baby if you were adopted when you were 5 and you're given up a month later that's different that yeah that's different as a baby i think it's a strange like and scully, takeaway and scully says that scully says there's nothing he he asks um steve jobs asks what 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 could i have done that was so bad at a month old and scully says nothing nothing you could have done as as an infant um would make you and then then he said well my my new mom um i guess mrs jobs didn't want to love him the first year because they weren't catholic they weren't wealthy they weren't college educated um and they were afraid that she was going to have to give him up so she refused to love him so he says there's no way you can refuse to love your own child or a child that you're going to adopt and I think that's another... That's why I didn't adopt, is because in the state of Nevada, if you adopt, you have to um, foster first. And if if the mother or any part of the family comes back and says, we want the child, then you have to immediately give them up whenever you're fostering. And that would be too heartbreaking for me. I, 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 I couldn't, couldn't foster a child for, you know, one or two years... And then give them this life and put all of this energy into them and love them and then have them taken away from me. I think that's mean. I think that's cruel. I don't think it's productive to a child. And I think, I think that's kind of like what he was getting at, but he would have been too young to remember any of that. And, yeah. And if it, if and she turned on her love switch a year later, he still would have been a year old. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. it was at a birth. I like, I confirmed okay, that. Okay. And I think... Th- him, I think his adopted parents, the ones who ended up, you know, keeping him. The Jobses. The Jobses. They fought for him. I think that's another example of a choice that was made because they knew that he they weren't the, the couple that his biological mom wanted him to be with. And they fought for him. I think that's another choice that that shows... You know, it, it, he was chosen. It wasn't just yeah luck or... I don't know yeah, how a like biological that. mom can make stipulations like that. So my mom kind of did that too. My biological mom, she wanted to be uh, adopted by a Mormon specifically. Mm-hmm. So I think that... But were you adopted through the Mormon church or were you adopted through an agency? It was an Do agency. You know? It was an agency. Um it was an agency related to the Mormon church, but it wasn't through the Mormon church, but that's probably it. That's, yeah. That might be it. That might be yeah. um, the stipulations there. And maybe, maybe he was adopted through um, the Catholic church, that's probably, through an agency yeah. through the Catholic church. That would make sense. It just maybe speaks to like his obsession with some sort of like, I mean, we've said it a million times, this obsession with control, but also like yeah. perfection and stuff like that. But how can you look back and be like, I wasn't able to be perfect at a month old and like make people like me. But then he seems to not care anymore if people don't like him. I think but, he cares a lot. Yeah. 
I think he cares actually a great deal. And that's why he acts the way he does. He's acting that way. So, um, he can weed out the ones who really care about him. He seems hurt when Andy tells him at the end that he didn't like him. Well, they yeah. Because his answer was, I, I always, I've always like, I, liked I've you. always liked you. Yeah. yeah. He, he does seem at least the way it's acted that he, he was hurt that his like confidant didn't uh, respect him. And he's, he's hurt whenever Waz calls him an asshole. Right. Yeah. Um, I think those things really hurt him. Um, and that's why he's so condescending to Waz by giving him this pass for life because the one person that he, he, or one of the few people I guess he might see as an equal or he, he respects doesn't respect him back. And, mm-hmm. and he can't, there's no choices he can make to fix that anymore. And it's interesting. Like after Andy like says, he's never liked him. When he goes to um, when he goes to talk to Lisa after he's he says he starts to say like I just scared the crap out of Andy in there so you're not going to be getting another payment from him where it's interesting that was his takeaway from that conversation because Andy was not scared he was he was very open and ready to like call him an asshole and from what I got from that he would have happily kept paying for her tuition if oh, yeah. like if she had gone to him and said hey can you pay for my tuition or therapy he's like I um, did what I did and I, I would do it again exactly and she and, needed it and Steve takes away from that like yeah I got him like I scared him you know <laughs> and, I, and I think that's his denial of like he, no he's, he, he doesn't mean what he doesn't mean that like but but later Joanna is uh uh tells him that Waz doesn't mean what he says, but he says, oh no, he meant that. So I wonder yeah. like if it's just, if there's some denial in his relationships or if he just, I don't know. I, I think like he pushes people, he pushes people through their limits. Yeah, I, I think they all really cared about him um, because you, you don't stick around and eat shit from a person <laughs> constantly that you don't care about. I mean, you, you move on, you move on to Dell, you move on to Microsoft, you move on some to somewhere else, anywhere other than where you're being abused. Um, you don't become the public persona that he was without having some connection to people that yeah, they can, yeah. that, that for some reason they want to work with you and, and give you their best work. Which which makes me think, okay, how much of this is actually um I mean I mean any any number of these things can be fact, um, but just out of context and making him um so unlikable. Yeah. There's so many words being said that I'm, like there's no way there's that many insider. Yeah, I never like, um I never knew very much about Steve Jobs. Right? Until I watched the movie. I'm like, I didn't even know he was adopted. And um I I'm not even sure what he died of cancer, right? Yeah. I wasn't even sure if he died of cancer. I think he died of I know he had his pancreas cancer. part of his pancreas removed or his pancreas removed. Um, but that was that wasn't until today that I, that, that I that I I knew that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't. It's not that I didn't care to know. Um, I just saw him as a public figure, and you know, 
the head of a corporation where I get, I've gotten my phones since the first iPhone was released. I've never had anything other than an iPhone since the iPhone came out. So, um, that's all I knew about him. So if I think, okay, well, he has to be a likable guy. He goes out in front of all of these people. And I've, I've seen kind of launches and stuff of him talking and he sounds very personable and stuff. But if that's his, like, like Waz says, this is a person that you constructed. This is a person you're not even you anymore. Um, if that was the case, then all these people would have this inside information on how he constructed Steve Jobs, um, this this person, this entrepreneur, this idea man, this conductor, out of a person that um, was completely different at the beginning. And the movie doesn't show that. Um, even when he's in the garage with Waz, he's, he's kind of an a-hole. Yeah, he seems very much the same. He doesn't. I, you know... I think he's more of an a-hole with Waz in the garage. Not listening, yeah. not listening. I'm like, I'm like, I'm watching and I'm like, God, guys, compromise and have one the way Steve wants it and have one the way you want it. It's called, this is, this is the home edition and this is the pro edition. And you can drive up the price on the pro edition that can be, you know. Like the Apple too. Yeah, I, I think that's just that's you know? just a modern idea. Also, I just, I just, and he's he's not very much the type to compromise. It seems he doesn't. Like. Yeah. He doesn't it's compromise his way or, at all. Or no way. Yeah. yeah, and that's like the challenging part about like thinking about him as an important figure because there's no doubt we would we wouldn't have iPhones right now if he was not the person that did that. Like. You could say all day that like, oh, this person did the program and this person wrote the OS, but he he is, if he did not exist, Apple would not be as it is. There would oh, be no. a different company it would be different. doing different things. It would be different. Uh, we would probably have touch phone still, but I think- But like, I remember I, re- I remember before before Apple came out with, um, with iPods and stuff that there were, we sold them. There were cassette players that had a part where you could digitally download songs onto these cassette players as, as a feature, you know, like AM, FM cassette and digital um, kind of thing. So that was going on before iPods. He, oh yeah. I mean, he, he stole a lot of ideas, so, which so, like isn't so, I mean, exactly I, a bad thing. I, I don't want to say it's a stolen idea, but it's taking, taking an idea and expanding on it and making it into something that is marketable. Yeah. Which iPods were very marketable. Mm-hmm. Everyone had one. Um, you mentioned the iPod touches. That was, that, that was just an iPod going into the step between the, the iPod and the iPhone. Right. So there's all these steps in there of, of developing, oh, let's make this better. Let's make this better. Let's make this better. And, and I think that innovation would never have happened at the rate that it did um, without Steve Jobs at the helm. And I yeah. think, I think the movie does say that pretty, pretty, pretty directly. I think while a lot of the movie is spent on, him just being condescending. Mm-hmm. 
it does build up to him being a great person. You know, not like, and I don't mean great. The last it, shot definitely like makes it. Yeah, feel I don't like mean it. great like in, like morally good or morally bad, but like important. A great important individual who who changed. I I would say the like the track that society was on and and the way he developed technology. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, and, and I think one of the things that I noticed on the second viewing was. He doesn't get introduced until as Steve Jobs until the third act. So they're the announcer for the first act introduces him at it only introduces Scully. And then the second act introduces him and cuts off right before they say his name. And the third act finally says, and you know, welcome Steve Jobs. Mm. And so the whole so the movie itself is building him up as despite this this person with flaws he is this great individual with these big ideas and you know he he knew he was going to change the world even if everybody else thought he was a dick while doing it yeah i wonder how much of that dickiness is uh, that dickiness um is real though at least from and not drama right at least from isaacson's book it seems very much so like a lot of the first-hand accounts are that he was he was he would belittle people in offices when they came with a bad idea he would yell he would he would bring people in for all-nighters in an office and he would be screaming at them and he was not a good boss um Mm -hmm. but he got results which i think is Mm -hmm. the thing that is is like interesting to talk about where he's he is this person who, because you only see him during like the big like reveal stuff, but like he he worked with people with the same like intensity as you see him like arguing over getting the hello. Like he he would he was brutal um, as far as the accounts go in the book um, that this movie's based off of. So maybe it kind of has the same bias. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if you even look at it in that lens, it's like. I don't know, like, can you really point to many innovative products in the world that weren't driven by some CEO who would call you a fucking idiot if you did something wrong? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's a very common thing, um, especially in tech. I don't know that... Uh, I I don't know that there are very many CEOs that last very long acting like that. I, I think what really con- not confirms but maybe helps support the personality portrayal that that they have of Steve Jobs is just how he died he could have lived if he had just gone to traditional doctors and and followed their instructions but no he insisted that he knew better and tried to try herbal medicines and other Oh, his non- fruit diet. Mm. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he insisted on knowing more than everybody else, and he, and he mm-hmm. died because of it. Uh-huh. I wonder it, if he- It's been documented that he he had a good chance of surviving if he had, you know, listened to the doctors and used traditional methods to fight his cancer. Mm. And I think that, for me, kind of confirms the personality he must have had in his life. He had to be in control. Yeah. Mm. That's want, that. That's the perfect 
the perfect example of having control and not wanting to give control over to a doctor. Yeah. I wonder if he like felt like if he, if he cured it and got through it, he would be, he would change the world in medicine. You know, I wonder if he felt like he, he had would have some... felt like he was vindicated. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, if he felt like he would be just like with Apple, he would be like, this is the way you cure cancer. Yeah. With this diet through, and through this fr- like through a fruit diet. Yeah. I wonder if you fuck your system up. Like, <laughs> he wanted to do that. But I could see that being like some because from the very beginning, it's not only that he wants to do something good. He wants to change the world. He wants to be known as someone that is changing the world. He wants to mm-hmm. be the cover of Time magazine. He's it's not like he wants to make something good. He wants to be an important person, which I think is very narcissistic and like there are plenty of people who are making good things for the sake of making good things that don't want to be on the cover of time magazine. I think Waz is, well, I mean, maybe if he had the choice, cause he does say like, why are you, uh, why am I Ringo and why are you John? Uh, right. Maybe if he had the choice, he would be John. Um, but, but, but was right, right before that was said when people ask me, what's the difference between you and Steve jobs? And, and he says, well, I'm the, I'm the one that likes to sit at the, the, the table and make stuff. And he's the one who likes to, uh, he doesn't say sell stuff, but more like he's the face of what we do. Um, and that's kind of, um, John made stuff and made great music and stuff, but the Beatles stuff was a collaboration with Paul McCartney and Ringo and George Harrison. And they were all doing their stuff, bringing stuff in and working as, as an actual group. And that's what makes the Beatles so well. It wasn't just one of them. Yeah. It was okay. Kind of weird comparison. One of the most popular of them, um, probably one of the most aloof um uh uh the one that died first is of course going to be the one who everyone wants to emulate um whereas paul mccartney was just as um into the songwriting and writing with john and has made great stuff on his own and with wings and is actually a, a a more popular selling artist outside of the Beatles than John ever was and probably would have been. So um, I, you know, thinking about it now, I don't understand why he calls himself Ringo. I don't, I don't either. They were, they were like a Lennon McCartney. Yeah. Um, dynamic. Well, everyone always shit on Ringo. Right. But Ringo did write songs. I mean, Octopus's Garden, I believe, is a Ringo song, yeah. which is a great he song. He didn't write a lot of songs, but he, he wrote some. But um, I just mean, like, in the sense of, like, the contribution that Waz had, I think, to Apple was so much bigger than... Ringo? Than Ringo to yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is <laughs> a Which, which is my point. I feel like he would have, like, should have argued he was, like, McCartney and or something. I wonder... I think, I think a better analogy would have been... Garfunkel to your Simon. Oh yeah, that would work. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have been better, a lot better. Um, because they did do a lot of work, but you know, no. Paul Simon is still making music, 
I don't even know poor, what the fuck our Garfunkel is doing. Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> well, since since Joel was there and actually like reporting, I wonder if that was like a real analogy that he made. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how much of that, that is real. interaction was a real interaction. Okay. Okay. In front of all those people. Yeah. No. You, I don't. I don't because the. All of those people worked for Steve Jobs, though. Right. Yeah. yeah. They weren't just hanging out. Yeah. The, yeah. The you can you can find online like in the trivia which scenes are uh, like dramatized. Like the, I think the next scene with Scully and him is definitely, you know, just for the sake of the plot. Yeah. Um, you almost have to look at this movie like as fictional people, like in a right. way that <laughs> I feel like all these types of like biopics are like hard to actually take away things. I, I think you know, Aaron Sorkin's gonna write a good story and then focus on the reality after the fact. He's gonna make people sound a lot smarter than they are, right? And wittier, and I and maybe cool. and maybe more of a dick. Yeah, yeah. And that's 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 where I'm I'm coming from is like, okay, he could have probably been a real fucking dick if you're saying that in the book they said that he berated people and but he and, also has the capacity for for intense kindness and support and and ingenious like I feel like mm-hmm. that's that's the difficult part of Steve Jobs is like he would yell at you at one time and he would like praise your idea the next you know it's a very like give and take with a person like that. Um, where it's hard to grapple with like if you're not the one doing these things but you're berating these people who are actually doing the work but you're also kind of orchestrating it all how much how much uh, credit do you get and see see to me we had a we had a conversation earlier about constructive criticism yeah being constructive being a constructive critic is so much different than berating and yelling at people and uh, of course if you if you come at anybody that's that's in an extreme sense of pressure and um under but he seems to handle pressure so well cuz everybody comes at him before these launches and just dumps all this shit he even says what is with all these product launches where people come up to me, do they get together five minutes before the launch at, at a bar and then come in, come, come at me with the truth. Yeah. And, and, um, I kind of felt bad for him. Like, Oh fuck, here we go again. All these people are coming out of the woodwork, giving him a dose of fucking shit. And, and I, I think I would fucking blow up at that too. Yeah, That's where yeah. I would blow up. But the constructive criticism that's needed to be innovative um, and to listen to people and where they're coming from and why they came up with that idea, even though they're, your idea is fucking shit, there might be a grain of something in there that we can work with that, that will make what we're making better. And you have to consider all of that. And, and I, think that's, I think that's what makes, makes a lot of people... Um, good CEOs and good leaders. Um, so I, I don't think people respond well to being. This is the problem that I had with um the fucking drummer movie. Oh, um, Whiplash. Whiplash. Like, like, okay, how much can one person fucking take before right. they say, okay, I'm I'm a great fucking drummer. You're a piece of fucking shit. Leave me alone. 
you're a great C- I'm 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 a great engineer, you're a piece of shit CEO. I'm going to fucking Dell. Yeah. Fuck you. I have I have merit behind me. All you can do is lead and you're not doing a very good job of it. So I'm I'm sure there are a lot of people who did that. If he was this kind of, of oh, person. Yeah. If if he was if we're comparing to Whiplash, was he the one always throwing the symbol at all his engineers' heads, hoping to get like a better version of their ideas later yeah, on? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's crazy control. to me that 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 is um that that type of behavior is um is seen as leading. Right. Oh, because it's not. Musk is doing it actively, showing the people how bad he is as a leader. Yeah. And people are seeing and it and people think he's a piece of shit, which I've said he's a piece of shit for the past are, fucking And other people praise years. him for it. Yeah. I think he is an interesting comparison to Steve Jobs because he seems much more an idealist, an idea kind of guy. But even then, like it's it's hard to compare. It's hard to compare when you don't know what's exactly happening behind closed doors, but it seems like he's in that same vein where like a lot of people think he's an idiot or is stupid. And uh, I don't think he's an idiot or he's stupid. I think he acts like an idiot sometimes publicly acts like an idiot. When he started going on this culture war shit, then that's when I really thought like this guy might actually be a moron. Like I always thought he was smart. And then when he started buying Twitter and he was like, his takes are some of the most. I think he was forced shit. to buy Twitter. Oh, he absolutely he was. was. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and that's bad news. Yeah, yeah. I. It, but he took it. He if took I were him, Twitter I would have bought Twitter and I would have totally shuttered it. It's just, <laughs> yeah, totally shuttered it. Yeah, but but or, or came up with something different. I mean, that's his ideas. He's trying to come up with no, trying no, to rewrite Twitter. the whole. Like, he's, yeah. but, he, but he's but he's. In the interim, he's letting every racist fuck say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And that's not, um, I don't know. Well, here, I I mean, I'm, I am, I am not on Twitter. Yeah. I don't want to be on Twitter because I know that if I get on it, I won't shut the fuck up. You would be so mad. I would be so angry all the time. And I don't understand why people want to do that. How, why people want that in their lives or why they need that in their lives. It, it's genuinely gotten bad. Yeah. Like I, I, I remember, <laughs> you know, before it was bought, I, I had a pretty consistent, um, feed. Is it what it's called? Uh-huh. Of like the topics that I wanted to read about, you know, the, the things I was interested in accounts that were related to the accounts that I follow. And now it's just, the most random racist things showing up <laughs> on my thing. And there's, and it's nothing is like, I, I don't know what I watched to, to change the algorithm to now I'm seeing all of these racist tweets on my, on my feed. It, it's just completely changed what, what it was. And, and it's just unbearable. That's unbearable insane to be to on me. there. That's insane to me. I, so on the topic of, Elon and Twitter. I actually think there's a really interesting. You joked about like rewriting the whole code, but so Brandon, I don't know if you know. There's probably not. There was uh, this, no. I'm old. I don't know anything about code. Yeah, he picks old movies, right? Like, <laughs> no, I'm talking about the Elon drama. An old person picking old movies is totally okay, Brandon. You can pick more old movies. We're 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 gonna watch. 
Wings next week. <laughs> We're going to watch the great train robbery next week. <laughs> so uh, Elon was on this like Twitter meet thing um, where he was trying to pitch to some software engineers about what Twitter needs to change. And he said straight up like, there's so many problems with the code base that we just need to completely rewrite the whole thing. And there was this whole, there was this like a uh, software engineer that came on and was like, what, what problems are there with the code? Tell me what problems there are with the code. Because right now you sound like a moron. Like rewriting this whole code base. Like what does that even mean? Is that one of the ones that walked? The, I, I don't think Is he ever before? worked for he didn't. He never worked for Twitter. But he was like a, a software engineer at some big company. Uh-huh. Um, I, I remember reading like who he was after. But I can't remember. But he never worked at Twitter. But he was basically like you are sounding like a crazy person. And like you've never actually touched a program in your life. Like explain to me what are the problems and why do you think rewriting an entire like structure of the code is a good solution and then like they kicked him from the chat of um, course they did yeah. because <laughs> if you talk if you talk realistically to to someone like elon musk they're just gonna throw you out because <laughs> right. it's not what they want to hear because it's just become a fascist place <laughs> yeah they, the equivalent they, of a fascist he, he wants he wants to hear people's he wants to kisses people on his ass yeah so I, 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 if you look at like, if you compare the two, like Elon and Steve, where like if if Elon Musk is like, let's restructure this whole code and he pushes it hard enough and for some reason they're able to restructure it and rewrite Twitter and it's like the best thing ever after that. Like even if he didn't know anything about the code, he didn't know if there were problems, but he knew what he wanted in the end. He knew if he wanted to orchestrate it and he was able to make a better Twitter from it. Like, is that a Steve Jobs big brain move or is that just luck? Because like Steve Jobs has all the people like Waz who were saying like, this is dumb and it didn't work out with the Mac. Like if he cut, if he cut his losses in the Mac and wasn't able to make the iMac, if he never was able to do the next like big switcheroo, he would be looked at like a loser, like someone who didn't who thought he was having this next big thing and he was denying all the advice from the people who knew things and and like but because he was this idealist that was pushing this idea that everyone around him was telling him like this is like stupid but he won in the end and i think like that's something that i think is like if you look at elon musk and he's pushing this stuff and he's got these successes with tesla and spacex and everything like what point are you calling him a visionary orchestrator and at what point are you saying no is, there's just smart people behind him okay is spacex an actual can you count that as an actual success uh yeah I mean, what yeah, is it they've put, what pe- is they've it? put people in space yeah but for well they, for what they, to what extent um spacex i i'm not super familiar with the science but <coughs> they're recently known for having like the first reusable jets for yeah for so space. they're right working. okay yeah stuff like for, that for what end um for, i don't know the what is the what is the purpose to get things just in people to, to just space. to launch people i mean elon's thing is mars and right. it's not really in <laughs> space it's to the edge right they're i going don't want to knock i thought they were able to go to the to space station, space station. Yeah. Come back. have they gone to a space yeah, so station and using I, i'm pretty sure they're using the spacex capsules to get to the International, International Space, Station, Space Station. And I also don't in any shape want to knock like space exploration down. Like, Oh, no. I, I, just, I don't I As don't much either. as I hate like Musk, I think his company, at least SpaceX, does genuine work. 
to I, I think they've genuinely accomplished things. Yeah, and and if you to give Elon credit, and it's hard to give him credit um, <laughs> because you don't know what he did. He certainly leaves a trail of successful, interesting businesses like like OpenAI and Neuralink is killing monkeys, but you know maybe they'll they'll be able to let us play pong with our brain someday in the future. Uh, but that's I why I think it's interesting. I don't Here's know that that's a, I mean, a thing we want to push okay. for. <laughs> I think that's just the general, you know, practice with people who have new ideas, you know, regard like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or, or any new idea, man, they're going to get shit on while they're doing it. Yeah. And then, you know, only history will tell, like only time will tell if they're going to be recognized as this revolutionary individual like Steve Jobs has been um or you know a dum dum <laughs> yeah and and i mean for all and, we know we could look back and be like man Elon was not a dum dum he fucking did this shit right it's hard <laughs> to talk about it's hard to compare them cuz we're talking about Steve Jobs and what he accomplished in his life and what's done while we're in the middle of watching Musk do what he's going to do. He's right. certainly a dumb dumb on Twitter. I will say that. He's a dumb dumb on Twitter. Yeah. I will not give him any credit for Twitter. But I don't know enough about the science of everything else to make any claims. But I think it's an interesting comparison and I think is applicable mm-hmm. to some extent. I think, you know, there there is a there's something to be said about a certain personality to have these big ideas and want to keep pushing through and, and pushing on despite critics. I think, I think it takes a certain type of person to, to make that impact on the world and have to push through all the, the naysayers. It takes a Jake Gyllenhaal from Nightcrawler. Exactly. Yeah. And I think only, like I said, only time will tell if where Musk will, will be in the, only time will tell Considered. where he lands among the stars. Right. And we, we know where Steve Jobs is. And even where he, is he? even in the ground at a <laughs> unmarked cemetery. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Did they bury him? <laughs> he's, uh, I think he's like in a cemetery in San Francisco or okay, something. Yeah. But it's an unmarked grave. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I wonder why that is. Because they don't he's, want people going to... He's at the specific cemetery for a reason, like part of his beliefs. Okay. People um, would put iPhones on his grave if they knew where it was. I don't remember what the specific reason was, but it was like uh, he didn't want to If anybody be... knows where Steve Jobs is, uh, drop us a pin. <laughs> <laughs> send, us, go send us your... Uh, share us your location with Brandon. <laughs> yeah. We want to go do the podcast for the movie Jobs uh, on his grave. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> do we have to watch that one no, too? No, I've never so, seen that. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it. I, I, I have a couple of... Um, thoughts about the movie that um, when I first started watching this, I was like, oh, okay, this is another one of those movies about rich fucking people problems and having to choose family over business. Am I going to choose my family or am I going to choose my creativity and my ingenuity? Which one am I going to choose? And I was, I was glad that it wasn't that to a point. But it does seem to be filled with fucking rich people problems. And and that 
fucking gets me every time. You're so it, done with rich people. I'm so done with rich people problems. <laughs> you also mentioned that his conversation with his daughter at the end doesn't feel earned. Yeah. And I 100% agree with yeah, that. Yeah, same. Yeah. I wished I, 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 I wish it would have focused more on family and had family at the forefront because there's a lot to go on with family. You don't even have to like your fucking family, but it seemed like Waz and, and Andy and Joanna were family to him and expanding on that family and and seeing why he acted and reacted with the different people in his family um including his daughter and coming to the realization that oh shit i have fucked up these relationships let's let's kind of fix them in the end rather than watching most of them unravel and then the one get fixed um would be more satisfying um it would be more compelling to me watching something like that. Um, it might not be truthful and honest to what actually happened if he was an actual fucking a-hole. Um, but um, I think he was, he was, he said and did things constantly with Lisa that she constantly forgave. And, and I think, um, Andy really has a good, um, a good line where she he says she should she should be joining the People's Liberation Army rather than being a, the good person that she is. Um, and I would have liked to have seen that. I would have liked to have seen those reactions with her dad a lot more throughout the film, not just in these three launches that they that they focus on. Um. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen a lot of that family stuff rather than just um, being told about it. Yeah, because it seems like the one good thing he does at the end where he's like, he, he wants to spend time with Lisa by delaying the launch um, and actually have a conversation with her. Like, it feels like, and then the movie ends with them looking at each other where it's like, it's you're right. It's unearned. It's like you had one good had conversation. One, yeah. <laughs> and told her you were going to make the iPod and all is forgiven. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to put a thousand, a thousand songs in your pocket. Yeah. 500 songs in your pocket, somewhere between 500 and a thousand. And it's, it's weird having that whole conversation with Wozniak where it, 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 to me, it paints jobs as someone who is very, very, uh, shitty <laughs> and then you within the next 15 minutes have this ending shot of him being f- glowed in like in in photography lights and uh this triumphant music of him looking at his daughter i'm like no i still think he's an asshole this is a weird final shot for me yeah uh and i think the person that i built up is is much more complicated than to end it on such a triumphant tone where like he's one and his family is strong again where it's yeah it feels nothing like that to me it feels like i just watched a man ruin many close relationships and then have one good moment with his daughter uh, After being a dick for ten years, yeah, yeah, where like he closed the door on Scully, on Andy, on Waz it, within the last thirty minutes, and like I'm reeling from how shitty of a human being he is, and and like, even <laughs> though each of them came to him with good intent, uh, except for Waz, I didn't understand why Waz needed 
the Apple II all the time. I think he just, I think he just wanted that win. Like he, I, he I don't, I don't understand his it. Own form, I so, think. and and I kind of, and that, and that last, I kind of agree with Steve Jobs. The fact that that he even says this is a launch, this isn't a brunch. Yeah. The, 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 there's no reason to talk about the old products in the launch of a a, a new product. You don't talk about all the shit that came before it. You talk, this is what we have, and this is what we're going to have going forward. You don't say 10 years later, oh, we're going we're gonna to thank the Apple II team for the launch of the iMac? Come on. That's so uh, I understand far fucking it removed. In and the first one, at least. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he tells them, he was like, hey, you need to give credit to these people or they're going to leave. And yeah. that's literally what... what he confirms happened. Mm-hmm. He tells him like, you need to, you need to, um, acknowledge them because they did leave because you did it. And then, but, but was is, did any of those people work on the, what they're rolling out? Because this isn't just a, a press conference. This is the, this is like rolling out new product for the the investors for all of the Apple people. So- I, I think Waz sees it as it's more of that Job sees it as all about moving forward in the future. Yeah. And Waz sees it as this team has been paying for this company for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. This team has the only reason that this company has made any money. How can you not acknowledge that? I think he's looking at it as a practicality thing. If it wasn't for the Apple II, you wouldn't be standing here announcing the iMac. I can I can understand that. But it's a new product launch. It's not like... It's not a brunch. It's <laughs> yeah. not, it's not just something wonder, where like, we're talking about the company as a whole. And we're talking about, okay, these are our, this is where we're, we're, we've come from and this is where we're going because then you would have to take it way, way back. And, and then there's not enough room for the actual product that you're launching, that you're getting everyone hyped up for, that you want, you want the buy, the buyer to know about. Yeah. I just wonder like how long it would take to do a quick, like if you do the whole spiel and then you like do a shout out like near the end of it. I, I just, I don't see how that would in, in the, in the mind of like, because I then need you're this going to be perfect. Backwards. You're looking backwards all the time. You're not looking forward all the time. Yeah. But if like you, if you it's go to there and you're thinking. like, and you just say, I mean, you're, you're probably right that like going on a, a product launch, you don't having have to something, having something physically in the seats that that um explains the history yeah, of the yeah. company and what the innovations that we have done and then this is the most recent um and naming the people within that i think would have probably been a fucking awesome thing to have yeah um but at a product launch where you're launching the product um it, when you're launching a film, do you stand up there and talk about the three films you had before? Or are you going to sit up there and talk about the film that we made now? And these are the people that made this film now. Right. Right. Depends. Are you Tarantino? Then 
Yeah, you were talking but, about But are you going to rest on your yeah. Pulp Fiction laurels? <laughs> every movie you've made. <laughs> hey, apparently, like, some details came out for his last movie. Yeah, the last movie. What? The film critic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be his last movie. Do you think it's going to be his last movie? Uh, he's been I, I think, he's always said I think it will be his last written and directed movie okay. that he's going to produce. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him like continuing writing yeah, or something. I think like he'll that. continue to produce. I don't think he's going to write and direct anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That has to take a lot out of you. Oh yeah. Like constant yeah. to constantly be doing that and producing your stuff and I think yeah. the way he thinks about his movies and how invested he yeah. is and the world building he does to his characters and nobody else knows about it yeah. must be exhausting it is yeah it's ex- where's kill bill three it's exhausting <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need kill bill three uh no that should be his that should do be we, his, do we that need should be kill his bill epilogue three movie no we don't need about kill bill the three. kids but that should be his epilogue movie though mm. well are there any last things we want to talk about before we move on to quotes um we haven't really we've mentioned the character, but we really haven't talked about Michael Fassbender. I think he does a mm. a great fucking job in this movie. Um, yeah. It's one of those roles where I just, you know, I lose the actor and I only see the performance that's happening. Yeah. And I, I think that's commendable. Yeah. He's really, really good. Yeah, does he, he like, really he definitely looks like him in the third one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, wonder, I, I, I don't know what really what he looks well, like. Well, because the third one, he's wearing his his turtleneck and jeans. Yeah. And the hair Black and the glasses. Yeah. And je- yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. you you relate, you relate equate it more to Steve Jobs. They, they talk about how, like, they didn't really try to make him look like him. Just uh, Yeah. Just get a good actor. <laughs> just get the yeah. emotion across. I don't think they needed to. Yeah, I think they did a good job. <laughs> yeah, getting caught up in um, that is like kind of a waste. I, I, I would have... See, I keep coming back to the the family thing. Um, we get these snippets of Chris Ann constantly, and she just seems like a fucking loser of a person. <laughs> I'm sorry, but but the some of the things that he says that she does, um, if those things are true, then she's kind of a shitty fucking person. Oh, yeah. Like having and having Lisa have to get her, like, a, uh, well, make that's her from the very beginning. get her up in the morning. Yeah. 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 She, I set my alarm clock and then I get up and I eat dinner and then I wake mom up. Yeah. Um, that's, that's when she was five years old. And then later, whenever she sells the house and, um, or is using $1,500 for, uh, blessing the house, um, things like that. To be fair, that like, sounds like something Jobs would do to his body, uh, for his final treatments. Yeah, but but fifteen <laughs> hundred dollars to Steve Steve's Jobs is is nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, there there's context that needs to be there. I know, I know the meaning for all of that was, Oh, you're complaining about $1,500 for me blessing the house. When you spent all of this money on, on um, building a cube for the next. Um, well, yeah, there's, there's a difference. One is actually creating something and one is just throwing your fucking money away. Mm-hmm. There's, there's context there and there's no, there's nothing equal about the two. One is potentially going to make some money or get me what I want. And you're just throwing my money away. And whenever he says to her, well, now you, now you realize that, 
that the money you used could have been uh, uh, spent better whenever she's saying, well, I need, I need a dentist and I have a sinus infection trying to get more money out of him. I would have liked to have seen that go deeper. I mean, he threatens her because she throws a bowl at, at Lisa, I guess. Um, how does he know all of this information? He's getting information delivered to him somehow. Is he, is Andy delivering this information to him? I think yeah. he sees Lisa more than we're led to believe. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't equate in the film. It doesn't equate because some of the things he says Lisa had like just told him, but there's a few more that you have to assume. That yeah, she he sees her. Um, yeah, because it seems like they're much closer. Uh, so I would assume that they he takes her out or something. Because even even whenever he's talking to Andy, he knew so much more. He knew everything except that Andy gave. Uh, $25,000 um, to the college. It seems like Joanne he is knew, probably giving He knew info. so much more stuff about, about him saying that, that Lisa needed a, um, a strong male, male role model. Yeah. Um, he knew that he had um, taken Lisa to go into therapy. Um, he knew all of these things, but he didn't know that. And, and he was upset the only thing that upset him really was the fact that Andy had paid her tuition because he didn't know it. And I would have liked to have seen that kind of unravel a little bit mm. and, and find out where he's getting his information. If Lisa's giving it to him, it doesn't seem like we never see that. It's, it's weird. Like he tells, he tells Chris Ann, I have people, I have people watching you. And the next time you do something like this, you'll be gone. Yeah. You know? I make a call and you're and you're dead. And you're dead. <laughs> yeah. I think at I mean, times that's, that's 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 a serious threat. Yeah. That's like, <sighs> I think, you know, every scene has him, right? He's he's in the whole movie. I think at times that makes it hard to understand the motivations of some of the other characters. Yeah, it's hard to cut away to something else, to someone else, somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I miss that. I miss that. I miss that that free time that getting some kind of knowledge of how things are working in this man's world. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um in the second to last well one of the last scenes where he's up on the roof with Lisa, um his jeans are have really pointy butt and I think they should have flattened that before they shot that. Scene. A pointy butt? Yeah, his his jeans are really like pulled up tight and his butt is like really pointy like in a triangle <laughs> and it really distracted me from the scene and I am shocked that someone didn't look at that and say like his butt is pointy. You need to flatten it before we shoot this shot. Um, that's just what I'm thinking right now. I have to watch it again because I don't <laughs> it's a recall pointy, the pointy it's butt. It's a pointy butt. It's like, you know. I didn't notice that I wasn't staring at his ass. <laughs> you know when, uh, I like Michael Fassbender's ass. When uh, you kind of have something in your jeans where it looks like you have a big boner, but you don't really. It's that, but on his butt. That's why you wear your shirt untucked. Yeah. It, that's happening to his butt. So It has a butt boner? Is yeah, it the third boner. act? 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's on the rooftop. On the roof. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, where he's talking about the iPod. I'll have to go back and, and look for the pointy button. Yeah, it's really off-putting and, and it ruined the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's Michael Fassbender's tail sticking oh, out. He's, he's, he's excited. He's wagging his tail under there. Um. Okay, I'm ready to move on to quotes. You guys ready? I wanted, uh, yeah, I wanted him to do some Magneto stuff. I'm like... <laughs> put his arm out and fix the Mac or something. <laughs> Say the, hello. Say hello. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it with what was it with the Mac? They used they used the next model in order to for it to say hello. I guess so. Yeah. Or so did they, it, was it a model with more memory in it that it, did it? It, it was the it, next it, model that hadn't been announced yet. I think is what they used to run the demo. It sounded like more memory. Because it was a bigger number. Yeah. I yeah. I I just I how is that unethical? Because you're not demoing it's what com- you're it's actually a selling. Different in? Computer. Yeah. I I looked it up. But I was it, looking at all. It was the a products. completely different computer. It was a completely different computer. Okay. Like an evolution. So that answers, an evolution that answers my questions more than just a memory problem. Yeah. No, an evolution of that one, but still a, a computer that I think costs like double the amount of that the one they they were announcing. Yeah, and no one no one does that at all. Never. We never we never roll out a Tesla truck with unbreakable <laughs> windows in it. <laughs> never do that. That's a fireman's dream. <laughs> no, that's an arsonist's dream. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what? They can they get stuck in the car? <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Let's push this fucker off a bridge. Let's push it into the lake. There's no way they can get out. <laughs> They're stuck. <laughs> they can't even roll their windows down. The batteries. <laughs> the battery shorts out. You can't roll the windows down. You can't unlock the doors. You're stuck. <laughs> You're stuck. The battery's there. dead and on fire, which those are notoriously difficult to put out. Like they'll yeah. put like ten times the amount of water yeah. on a battery. It fire goes. Like it that. goes battery fire dumpster fire like like it's, a, it's a <laughs> all right what's your quote jose um i'm pretty sure this is from the first act i can't remember the exact sequence but it's it's just i think the quote that really captures steve jobs just whole demeanor and it's when he says the two most significant events of the 20th century the allies win the war and this like what a fucking what a fucking thing to compare it to a global war (laughs) that millions of people died in at a computer the mac um what a fucking like high horse you have to be on to to even say that yeah I, i think it just captures his his character really well yeah, my quote also does the same thing for him. Um, this is when he's talking to uh, Joanna and she's saying how how horrible he is to, to Lisa. This is in the first act as well. And he says, God sent his only son on a suicide mission, but we like him anyway because he made trees. <laughs> so that's, that's like, he sees himself as God and Lisa is it's the person that he's neglecting so he could make something as significant as trees yes we can make the mac yeah (laughs) um yeah mine's kind of along the same line um mine is in the flashback when he's talking to was um in the garage and steve says 
What I want is a closed system, end-to-end control, completely incompatible with anything. And Waz says, computers aren't supposed to have human flaws. I'm not going to build this one with yours. <laughs> and I think that sums him up. Was has him has him nailed right there, yeah. right then and there. Um, which is great. I I would like to see more of that. Was has some bite to him. More of that. Um, because he's such a Was is such a likable guy. I would like to see him. You know, giving advice and and him just completely ignoring it or not taking it, Steve ignoring it or not taking it. Yeah. He just kind of shows up as this guest character in all yeah, the launches, yeah. just somewhere in the crowd. He's always just somewhere in the crowd. Yeah. Well, I do like it whenever he has his watch and he says, show me how to, show me how to, to set that forward. If you were on a plane and you were going somewhere and he takes it and then Steve goes, um, miss, I think this guy's trying to set off a bomb. <laughs> yeah. That was, it good. looks like a bomb on my wrist. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it shows their friendship. Yeah. And I think the movie needs more of that. Yeah. Because then then the harder parts have some bite to them. Right. Yeah, like friends who've, um, who've lost uh, their way. Understanding understanding why Waz has to have that team acknowledged every single rollout. Um understanding that, understanding why uh, what that means to their friendship, what that means to their relationship, I think would have been really intriguing and important. I agree. Yeah. Um, Another quote that I liked is he's talking to Joanna, I think on the elevator where she's like, what happens if this one fails? And he says, uh, same way you get over a high school crush, a uh, high school sweetheart, you build a new one. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got your meme review? Yeah, I'll give this movie zero out of one pairs of socks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the reason why he washes his feet in the fucking toilet is was to like relax before yeah. a launch. <laughs> oh, like that's sh- the I myth. I about that. But that's so fucking nasty. What a fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking weirdo. No wonder he got cancer. He's fucking washing his feet in poop water. Oh, he just walks on that tile. Ugh. Yeah. Nasty. I mean, why? I have thought about, you know, I've been, been watching, I, I watched The Last of Us, and I've been thinking, like, like, if this shit fucking happened, could I drink toilet water? And I came to the conclusion that I could drink from the back but never touch the bowl. Even if I knew it was clean, I couldn't drink it. I mean, I could stick my hand in there and clean um, because I can always wash my hand. I've never had a problem with that. But but yeah, no. Why no. did that come to your mind watching The Last of Us? Be- because, you know, it's it's an apocalyptic. Oh, sure. Like thing. in case I yeah. had to yeah. drink if toilet I had, water. If you had to drink toilet water, <laughs> could you drink toilet water? <laughs> okay. Could you could you be a dog and like lap it up out of the toilet? I think I would probably just throw up. But, I, you'd, I, I but you'd kiss yeah. your dog after you fucking did that. Wouldn't yeah, you? but that's because yeah. they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 
Yeah, the feet thing was just fucking great. And with, with no context to it at all, yeah. just having it in there in the Middle movie and not accepting it. That wasn't even it. in the script. Fassbender insisted on doing it. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Was he like, this is something he did? I He's have like, he, to. he did strange. it. We have to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's just strange that it's just in there with no context behind it. Yeah. And it like really pulls you out of the movie because you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my meme review, I give this movie 91 degree cube angles out of 90. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine um, kind of goes with what you were saying before about the um, um, about the failures. And um, I put, uh, he had two Etzels out of three. Etzels? Etzels. An Etzel is, um, he, he, he says, he even says, you can't have two Etzels in a row and, and still live. Um, uh, Ford made the Ford Etzel, which oh. was named after one of his sons, and it was a complete bomb. So everything that's referred to as an Etzel is a failure, oh, like okay. a complete failure. And it was named after after his kid. Oh, jeez. So, so <laughs> there's a direct correlation between the Lisa and, 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 Etzel. and Etzel. Interesting. And I thought that was really interesting to have that written in there. Yeah. But yeah, he had the... The Mac, the Mac, the next, which were Edsel's, and then he finally had the iMac, which made him some, some money. Yeah, in a way, the 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 next was a did exactly what it intended. Yeah, it did exactly <laughs> yeah. what what he intended it to do. Once he pivoted, I don't know if that's. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if if that's fact though. That that's what he did. That that's like what purpose. he did. That he manipulated everything. It seems so to, big brain to me. To me, that's borderline illegal, right? And even more immoral than using the upgraded Mac <laughs> to say hello. You want to argue morality? And Joanne is like yeah. excited for this one, but yeah. the first one she's like, "No, no." Which which could be a reason why he couldn't tell her because he True. she would have told him, "You can't fucking do this. Yeah. You can't. You're using investors' money. You're you're doing all of this just to possibly get back to something, back at something." Yeah. Bless you. Bless you. I didn't know what that was. I don't know what it was either. <laughs> I know what that was. I don't know what that was. <laughs> It was either fart or shark, one of the two. Well, why don't you give us your real review, Brandon? Um, I give it eight out of ten. I liked it. Um, I think I've said as much as I want to about I wish it was more family oriented. Um, like not not a family film, but but the story was more geared towards showing his immediate and work family. Um, I think it would have. I think it would have worked better showing how horrible he could be, but how forgiving everybody else and how um, he could have earned that last scene with Lisa in the end a little better. But it, it was, I, I was kind of dreading watching it like, ah, Steve Jobs this is going to be fucking boring. And then once I watched it the first time I was, I was I was okay watching it a second time and taking my notes and that's what I did. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of times where if I get into a movie and I know I'm not fucking liking this movie, I will immediately start taking notes. So you don't want to watch it because I don't want to fucking watch <laughs> yeah. it again. But uh, yeah, yeah, eight out of ten for me. Nice. 
Uh, I give this movie a seven out of ten. Um, something about because I I liked it a lot more the first time, and I'm not sure what it was this time around. Uh, just I feel like the smartness and quickness of the first act would really drew me in, and for some reason, just the next two didn't really grasp me as much as it's I repetitive. Yeah, it's a bit like formulaic from two and three, but I think the story is really interesting. The actors are fantastic. Um, I think uh, like the ideas that this movie bring up about like what it makes like what it takes to be like an influential like person at the lead of a company like this i think are really interesting and we've talked about a lot of good stuff uh and that stuff i think makes this movie fun to talk about and think about and the writing is like aaron sorkin's normally is is very very good um so yeah i'll give it a seven out of ten uh i'll give it an eight out of ten i think it's it's not a movie that I could watch over and over again, but it I really enjoy it for. I think the act structure is unique, and I I really enjoyed that the first time I watched it, and I still like it now. It is repetitive, but I like that we kind of focus on the same characters in each act, and that we kind of build on each one, and. I, the, just the performances, the I think everybody for the most part, barring any accents, <laughs> um, it, they do a, they do a fantastic job. I can see why Fassbender was nominated for for best actor for this, and and like I said, I really like Seth Rogen's performance. I like um, what's the guy who plays Andy? Is what's his name? You said his name. Oh, Michael Stilbarg. Yeah, Mike. I think he's really good. He's a performance I didn't appreciate the first time, but I really do this time around. And and it it's it's smart, and not in a way that it takes itself too seriously. I can see why it it does drag and it's a little boring, but I I can forgive it because I think it has really high peaks for me. And yeah, so eight out of ten. Mm. All right. Amazing. Let's get the next one. What, did you see something there? Yeah. What did you see? As I picked up the jar, I saw in the reflection Garfield. <laughs> 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 All right. What movie are we watching next? Those. I think you might have jinxed oh, us. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think there's... I don't want to say... I don't think there's very many good movies left in there. <laughs> no, I don't think there is. There are a couple which, like, I was looking at it the other day, and I was like, "Oh God!" The next four months I of dinner really with a movie are just don't like want to watch that movie. <laughs> like All movies right. of your own or others? Like any other ones I saw. Uh, I had I like literally dreamt I was going to pull this movie last night. Oh shit! What is it? Um, Life itself. Okay. It's that uh, movie I told you about that's the same writer as... Uh, this Is Us. This Is Us. Yeah. I have a lot of problems with this movie, but I think the morals from it really stuck with me. So it'll be interesting to talk about. Yeah, I love This Is Us, but I also have a lot of problems with it. But I love it for the problems sometimes. Yeah, this <laughs> this is... It, it's interesting because I debated pulling this out of the jar... But I, I think it'll be interesting to talk about how this movie could have been better. Okay. Yeah. Huh. 
So like, it's a lot of emotional, like, like written to stoke emotions. Yeah. This of. is us. Definitely. Is. Yeah. This yeah. is us. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. told me about that before that you like, this is us. And Cause it, it, it so desperately wants to make you cry and it always succeeds, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're like, fuck you. Like, I know what you're going for. Like the music and like the writing are so obviously trying to bait you into crying, but it works. And like, I think that's a problem, but also like a, a success on the show's part. And I think this movie is an example that it works better in television than as a movie. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, I have some issues with it, but I put it in the jar cause I, I think it'll be kind of interesting to, to tear it apart and, and talk about the things that really work and the things that just bring it down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, especially yeah. in the context ex- of this. Is us. I'm excited to see how much you guys cry. I'm gonna cry like a baby. I don't think I can cry as much at a movie as I cry at the Oscars. <laughs> 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 I mean, if we pulled Garfield, I was gonna have tears this week. I mean, I would have. We could have had a lasagna. I would have been happy about that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, there's two frozen lasagnas in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone. Yeah. Go take a oh, look at your God. life itself and figure out if you are going to join us next week on your, while yeah, listening take to Take a look Apple at your life itself and contemplate whether or not you'll be joining us next week. <laughs> Analyze your life. Watch and- life itself. And then please don't hang yourself. <laughs>